Live, PKA nearly, PK, PKN, I don't know, 104. 104. So we were just talking about Star Trek, you know, the new Star Trek movies and the lens flare, and Woody's seen the third one, the newest one, he likes Star a lot. Star Trek Beyond. And, and I, was, we, I was thinking, like, the reason I liked Star Trek as a kid is cause, because Kirk is, I mean, it's, every, Trekkies always talk about how Star Trek is all this science, and it's scientists, like, uh, figuring stuff out through the scientific uh, method, but I, I'm watching it right now, and it seems like Kirk just stumbling his way through the galaxy, <laughs> punching aliens out and shooting goons with his laser gun and, like, photon torpedoes and, like, racism and bigotry. And I know they were trying to focus on those themes because it was the 60s, and they were trying. maybe there was a bit of an allegory there. But still, like, I, I watched an episode today. Uh -huh. They're on... They describe the, the, the planet as uh, a race of hedonistic people. So it basically seems like they're just always fucking. Like, and, and, nice. so, and so, like, they're, Kirk and, uh, and Bones and uh, Scotty are in what basically, wink, wink, it's TV, is a whorehouse. Like, it's all, like, dudes paired off with ladies, and they're all sitting on the floor, like, on their elbows, like, eating fruit and, like, talking. But, but Scotty's even, like... Do you mean to say that? Uh, uh, and Kirk's like, "Oh yes, uh, yeah." <laughs> and he's he's like he's like, "You see the dancer over there? Told her to come over after she's done. She's for you, Scotty." And so like everybody make parts ways, and Scotty takes his whore dancer off. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's stabbed her to death. They find her maimed and what? murdered, and he's holding the knife. It's literally Kirk and his buddies go to some whore houses, and one of his buddies stabs a whore. That is that doesn't seem like <laughs> scientists going through the universe. I want to hear the know? music start with the font, and it's like the gang stabs a whore. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's the always sunny Philadelphia start. Well, that's yeah. just so impressive. You know, Star Trek has always been you know forward seeing. They predicted lots of horrors would get stabbed, you know? That's <laughs> one thing that's so funny to me about Star Trek is when people are like, dude, unlike Star Wars, like, they predicted real shit. Like, they imagined, imagined <laughs> they imagine that you could stuff. read books without the book even fucking being there. It's like, yeah, everybody could imagine that. Anyone could imagine that. The people didn't, like, like Steve Jobs, I know he didn't invent it, but he wasn't sitting around, like, watching old Star Trek episodes, like, no, no, <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> I'll never get it right. Like, no, there was just... one dude. The best one little racist moment where, like, so so there's some kind of issue with the systems on the planet. I don't know, whatever, some computer system. And uh, Captain Kirk is talking to this man, and, and he goes, "You're not from here, are you?" He's, "Oh no, I'm not from Regulus. I'm from Raja. As you know, the the people here are a bit simple, and uh, these systems are far too complicated for them." And I was like, "Wow, the whole species is too stupid to keep like to do basic maintenance." Is that that's literally what they're saying here? It, Dude, Once the new Star Trek, though, has all that, but it's done by X Games athletes. That's Kyle's thing. Like, it, it, it still has the racism. It still has the fucking aliens. It still has the, like, I don't know, like, punching giant slimy creatures in, the, in what would be a chin. But, uh, <laughs> but you take that and, you, and like, oh, you, like oh, Kyle nailed it. And I think it was PKA or I don't know if it was private. But it's like you get a bunch of X Games athletes. You present with them you know, like the end of the world or some situation that needs to be solved. And they're like, huh, all right, I'll need a bungee cord, a wingsuit, <laughs> and, and, you know, and some sort and of – a sword. Is yeah, like yeah. A sword. Oh, oh <laughs> like, dude, there's, there's, in the, there's like bungee cords, wingsuits, motocross, right? And they're like, let's go. You know, and and they're, they're like skydiving. Diving around like in weird gravity things. It, it's 
I just feel like Star Wars, which I also really like, and, and you know, I'm going to be enthusiastic when the next one comes out, but like Star Wars, their most recent effort is a like, I don't know, 192 year old Harrison Ford hobbling across the ground with his broken ankle or hip or whatever. And uh, did they have to write that in because he was actually injured, like an old man injury? That broke his leg um, in, in a plane crash. Uh, remember when he crashed his plane in the park, right? Or, whoa, 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 I'm, I bet I'm getting that wrong. Mm. So he did crash his, pla- his plane in a park. But I think he broke his leg on set. So he yeah, had, on like, set. The, the Millennium Falcon door lowered onto him. Apparently, it was like a really dangerous hydraulically operated door that was powerful enough to like lift people up as they stood on it. And he was near it. Leg. And some goofus <laughs> like saw the buttons. And he's like, dude, I got to press this. And hurt Harrison Ford. Like That's how it went down. He's suing What do you think everything. they did to that guy? I bet, I bet Chewbacca took him in the back and just raped the <laughs> shit out of that guy. Like, but, hold him down. <laughs> Harrison yeah, Ford right. had a major Dude, role and ruined that movie. In Star Trek, that was really making me think, because I've never really watched Star Trek, but I know like racism and whatnot's a big theme. If we ever start discovering new planets of new species, we're going to have to become very comfortable with racism very quickly. Because... It's not like a bunch of humans here where you can actually say, like, no, like, they're just different. They grew up in Russia. Like, vodka for breakfast. It's fine. Like, this, another planet. Like, imagine that chimps were the other species, but they were, like, 10% smarter. So they had huts. They had, like, a very rudimentary form of mob rule government, and we discover there, like, if the... Earth's fucking ambassador to Chimp Planet gets his scrotum ripped off three days in. You can't just be like, oh, it's differences in culture. Like, no, we're going to have to really buckle down and get racist as soon as we start finding other real races where they're like, I know I wish they were like us, but they just will tear your fingers off for no reason, man. Just just ask them the wrong thing. And we thought Lefty was racist. That one over there ate my baby. (laughs) I mean, baby. You mean Baby Eater Jones? I, I can't imagine. Baby eating is an integral part of chimp people culture, <laughs> and and when you act like cultures are inherently different values because humans don't eat the organs of their newborn children, then it, it's it's perpetuating bigotry and chimp culture. Speaking of racism, did you see that Lefty was doing Pokemon Go voices? Yeah. There are voices in Pokemon Go. Yeah, dude, I I saw it on the on the subreddit. And they linked to it. And it's funny because, like, whenever I hear these things, I don't really think much of it. Um, But somehow when I hear Lefty's voice, in my mind anyway, Lefty does one voice. The same voice he did on the podcast. The same voice he does in every ad. You're like, oh, dude, that's totally just Lefty. That's that's Lefty talking. And here it is. It's a 30-second ad. We can play it in sync. Are you ready? Yes. Ready? I'm good to go. Set. Go. Get ready for battle with Pokemon action figures. Now in scale and in action. Mega Charizard Y is a fire type Pokemon. Battling against Gogo, a grass type Pokemon. Activate and attack. Mega Venusaur and Mega Blastoise go head to head in battle. Wind up and launch an epic spinning attack. Or load up and blast the water. The Aryan youth child. Finally, Ash and Pikachu take on Mega Blaziken. Who will win? You can battle at home to it's find out. Pokemon Looks like one of Donald Trump's kids. You see him? Get ready. <laughs> Those kids were looking at each other like the other one murdered their parents. Yeah. <laughs> 
even know this one's for all the marbles. Do you go home alive? Do you go home dead? Find out at the end of this episode of Pokemon. Like he even did the same thing that the Japanese, because you guys, I'm sure, didn't watch the cartoon really. I did, but. Okay, That's what you did. I did watch. So yeah, I liked that it. was my bread and like I would get up every Saturday morning at like seven thirty in grade school and watch the cartoon. And the the announcer guy, he never said Pokemon like all of us did. He'd always go, Pokemon, Pokemon. And so he even nailed that, you know? A fire type Pokemon. Like it <laughs> I don't care for it, but good job. Good job, Lefty. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Somehow racism was like, Oh yeah, Lefty, let's talk about his, <laughs> his new head. <laughs> What is that's, this video that's really from? Good for him, though. That's all, I would not have pegged that September. as his voice. If you would have shown think, that to me, I wouldn't have noticed. Really? Back to the Star Trek thing, I think the reason you like Star Trek is because I think you just like the way Kirk does business, which is kind of... it's Like I said, it's I don't like the sets or the costumes or the effects of the old show. I just like what, what he's actually doing. You know, he runs, into, he runs into this alien, and his first thought is like, well, we need to kill all those aliens. They're going to be a real fucking problem. Yeah. Spock. Spock, how how could we best kill those aliens? Bones, come here. Let, let's get in on this. Come on. Who oh, is I don't Bones? Know. Dude, the, 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 the doctor. doctor. Dude, you're right. So in the last, in the most recent Star Trek, trouble presents itself. And my inclination was like, let's take a breath here. Maybe, I don't want to overreact and like start a fight when maybe there didn't need to be a fight. And and Kirk's response is like, oh, like photons, torpedoes, fucking lasers, like blast shit out there. We got nets. Throw some nets on them. I don't know. And uh, and in hindsight, his decision was the right one. And I'm like, oh, good for you, recognizing that like that, you know what was a real serious problem right away. Because all they were doing Kirk, is like not is replying. Is that what Kirk is like in the show? Yeah, he'll he's just yeah. he's like the like the Romans where he shows up and they're like, you know. Caesar, they're really not fucking with anyone. Well, just to be safe, you know, we're going <laughs> to conquer them and make them Kirk live the is, way we do. Kirk is brash and flamboyant at the same time. Like, like he kind of like he knows he's good and uh, and he likes to show off and kind of kind of chuckle to himself about it and kind of like put his tight uniform on a little bit tighter, straighten in his captain's chair while he like tricks the bad guy and like you know out thinks the bad guy he's like oh yeah you've really got me where you want me here yeah 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 <laughs> and he's he's like looking at spock like wink and spock's <laughs> over there turning some knobs he's like oh whatever shall i do whatever shall i do and meanwhile like a big invisible cage is lowering over the alien or something like it's it's always that it's great uh, yeah. now if you go to the the newer TV shows, like with Jean-Luc Picard or what's Next Generation. Cisco? What's the black? Cisco, Cisco in uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So if you go with those guys, that's where Star Trek and my, like, I enjoy those shows, but they seem to be a little more like star office worker, right? A little more like... They're thinking. Yeah, uh, they're, like they're, they're thinking, all scientists uh, and engineers, and they're, you know, they, 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 they eventually save the day by punching some combination of buttons in a tricorder, and it's... I mean, I liked it, so, but... So I've seen every episode like eight times. I, I, got, mm -hmm. I got a good grip on this. So Kirk is, more, is the guy who wants to punch and fuck and shoot his way out of just about it's anything. Good stuff. Uh -huh. um, and, and he relies on his team heavily. They all do. Picard is the guy who's going to think his way out of it every time. Picard is going to think a way out of this with science and with technology or by outmaneuvering his enemy and relying on his... You know, he can do a wink and nod type thing mm -hmm. with his people too. They've all got that, that thing going on. Cisco, on the other hand, he he's a little bit of a mixture of both. There's this episode where this Q character, who's a character in the Next Generation, appears in Deep Space Nine, and he's like he's literally a god for all intents and purpose, purposes. He's he's omniscient, 
um, and omnipotent. Say. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and he like, blink, and he's here, and blink, and you turn into a rabbit, and blink, and we're on Earth, and blink, it's the year 500, that, that kind of thing. So, and so he, he likes to torment these, uh, these guys and, and, and test them and, and, and mess with them, and he does it to Picard a lot, and Picard's like the thinking man's captain. He does it to Cisco, and Cisco punches him in the mouth, <laughs> and he's just like... Picard never did that. <laughs> I'm not Picard. <laughs> oh, I need to watch more Deep Space Nine because I I really enjoyed the 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 brashness, the impulsiveness, and the physical aspect of the the, the, yeah, the Cis- Star Trek. Cisco's more relatable because a part of his character is that he's fascinated with like the 21st century, the 20th century. So he like he likes. Uh, the Cubs and baseball, and he like that's what he when he goes in the holodeck. The Cubs, and he knew I, the history. <laughs> I, I think maybe there's an ep. I, I hope I'm not getting all this wrong, but I think there's an episode where like he he's watching like the the 2138 World Series when the Cubs finally win or something in the holodeck. You know, it's hard to but, get but into like, non-current sports, right? Like like you know, like who just rewatches old games? I don't know. What were you saying, Kyle? Oh, I don't know. Cisco um, and, and the Cubs uh, and the two thirds. Uh, yeah, he would just go and play. He's more relatable because of that. And like he cooks, and like he doesn't know. He doesn't really. There's not as much like technology. He's a little bit more down to earth. And then you go to Janeway and uh, and Voyager, and that that was okay. I wasn't a big fan of that. And then Scott Bakula over there on Star Trek Enterprise. That's okay. You get to look at Jolene Blaylock for the the entire run of the show, which almost makes it worth it. That that woman is so fucking hot. Um, and, and she wears a tight-ass onesie the whole time. And there's lots of scenes, lots of scenes in Star Trek Enterprise where, hey, we all got to get in the sonic shower at the same time because <laughs> we got that ooze on us from the planet and we can't, we got to de- de- uh, disinfect. And so it'll be like, I don't know, some hot crewman like Trip or whatever his name is and Jolene Blaylock completely naked. And they pan the camera as low and as high as they as as the law will allow. I feel like they they submit like eight different versions, and one of them has tits and pussy in it. And then and then, and then someone picks the one in between because you can like see like the cleft of her like ass crack starting and mm-hmm. like the under boob as well. And they're they're just like working around her nipples and like private parts as best they can to show you as much of this woman as possible. Does she ever get ex- curious? Like, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of goo-related missions recently, and it seems like I'm having to shower with everyone after every single mission. Is that Why, no. why are we delivering things to the goo planet again? <laughs> six weeks in a row. I'm always on goo. <laughs> I, I heard the actress Vulcan, talk about so it. Like, she, she kind of knew she was taking one for the team. Like, Scott Bakula's... And her, her Star Trek was always like on the edge of cancellation, and and she's like, you know, it, if it keeps the show alive, you know, I do my part. It was kind of oh, her it attitude. It kept it alive for me. So did Jerry Ryan, J E R I mm-hmm. Ryan from um, um, uh, Voyager. She played Seven of Nine, the the chick who was formerly a cyber, uh, a, a, a oh fuck, Borg. I'm, I'm spacing it. Borg, yeah. You know, she's still got some of the Borg implants and stuff, mm-hmm. and she's also wearing this tight ass like onesie futuristic thing with her huge boobs and and like nice ass she was married or to a politician and they had some sex scandal where like they used to go to all these sex clubs and like swingers clubs so like that really turns me on when i'm watching like seven and nine because i know she's dirty i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah she likes this two is or three. just an act Dude, this, is a little bit, this is me peeking behind the curtain when those know? people go to swingers clubs and stuff like and you've got Jerry Ryan on your arm. Like, what are you getting? I feel like you're bringing the ace of spades, right? Like, you're bringing a high card to this swinging event. 
Do you get like a pair of jacks back? Are you like, what? No, no, we're not straight up tra- swapping Jerry Ryan for your normal wife. Like, why don't we get three wives over here? Yeah, so you that- go find another guy with a normal looking wife and you bring him over with his wife and then here. we see if we can do some sort of three-way trade. What yeah. you've got to imagine is what kind of swingers party is Jerry Ryan and a politician going to? She might have been the jack of clubs. Like who? Like who knows what? Who else was there? It's like a Bilderberg and, meeting. Yeah, they're all wearing like, stuff. heads and yeah, covered in blood. Ass. Yeah, it's like that uh, eyes wide shut kind of uh, like yes. crazy <laughs> sex party where like everybody's a ten and there's a chick getting plowed on a grand piano. <laughs> I gotta watch Eyes Wide Shut again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that, oh, I always heard that about swinging. Is like, you, if you have a really attractive wife. You can't just show up and think that you're going to get something back because a lot of those swingers are going to be a partner who convinced the other partner to get into it because obviously a man trying to get his woman to get into it, it doesn't go the other way, I wouldn't think. It and does. Because, okay, maybe it does, but yeah. it, it just doesn't seem worthwhile. Like, just It's the same thing as like an open marriage, you know, where you'll talk to people and they'll be like, we have an open marriage or an open relationship where we are exclusive, but we also fuck around, you know, whatever we want. Those are the dumbest thing in the world because a woman can go get laid at 3 a.m. on a Tuesday at a subway if she wants. <laughs> Just stand outside and wait. A guy, like an open relationship for a man is like, oh, you have a job, you have responsibilities, and me, good fucking luck finding time to go I, bang someone else. Like. I, I've always thought that about open relationships. It seems so silly for the man because you can't just go out in the world with that level of ease. I had a friend, and I don't want to give too many details about him, but he was in my universe 15 years ago. And um, he was he was a great-looking guy. He was really fit, and he had a good job, right? So this guy is, by most measures, a catch. His wife seemed really cool. Like, I liked her. Um, I don't want to talk too much about how I know her and all this fun stuff because I don't want everyone to get traced. But um, but she was really cool too. I whenever they were at the party, it was like ah, it's fun to hang out with those guys. They're great. And um, I would hear tales of their like sexual escapades as a married couple that were ten out of ten. Well, you know, she like found herself in a hot tub. You know, in this like hot tub situation could happen to anyone, right? And she ended up fucking like four guys at the same time in this hot tub. Ah, fell ass backwards into it. What's this cock doing in my ass? (laughs) (laughs) You're curiously accurate. (laughs) um, Yeah, so like they tried to like work it out and like open relationship this thing. And like it was clear that she was just like leading them by the hand. And he's like... Finding himself, like, like they, they swang, I guess, but he was, like, the reluctant side of it. But he's half, like, cuck almost in this thing while she's out there, like, you know. It's because it's, it's a different world. It's almost, like, I, I like to imagine it as, like, a candy store. And that what you're doing is saying, in this relationship, we're, we used to only have one kind of candy. You know, you're Red Vines and I'm, you know... Milk chocolate. Fucking good and funnies, whatever. All right. You know, and we're exclusive to each other. But in this relationship now, we're opening it up so you can get any, all the, all the candy you want. All the candy that you could ever want, you can get it. And the guy wakes up the next morning in a Sahara desert of candy. He's digging through <laughs> dunes. He's like, is that a Skittles? Fuck, no, it's a dead ant. Like, what am I, oh, I got to find something over here. He's, he's looking so hard. Eventually, oh, my God, a Reese's cup. Just one cup. Not the whole container. One cup's got sand in it. It's not a nice cup. He would never choose this from the store. 
and marry this cup, but I'm he trying to picture the kind of woman who is in a the woman's world. She is in a supermarket of candy where she can just walk around and go, "Oh, I want this, and I want that, and I want that. Oh, this is on sale. Uh, ten for free. Wow, nice. Take all that." Like. So and then at the end of the day, when they're like, you know, this relationship's going great. One guy's got a dirty, sandy peanut butter cup, and the other person has a giant cart full of all the candy they could want. Like, it's it's an yeah. intrinsically stupid thing to agree to, and you have to be a dumb, weak man to give into that. I she, think. I, I, you know, it, she was a pretty neat person, wife, partner, etc. Except that she wasn't born for monogamy, and she got married, and. Uh, in the end, it, it it really hurt this guy. Like they ended up, he ended up moving and pursuing a different career. And um, I don't doubt it because yeah. it probably eventually became, hey, uh, you're the guy who I pretty much you have to validate me emotionally. You have to listen to all the complaints I have. We have to go do the stuff I want, and I'm not gonna fuck you. And the guy eventually is probably like. Why? What am I getting out of this? I, I think she still wanted. I think to fuck she him. still wanted, she to, wanted to, fuck to fuck him. Yeah, she just had a, yeah. a lot of fucking to do. Apparently, yeah, I can't imagine being okay with that. No, a lot just of letting fucking. your heart fuck around. I, I, yeah. It, you know, if someone else is for it, like I'm for consenting adults doing whatever makes them happy. Like I'm, I'm not knocking you for it. But it is. I, I've always said it's not my cup of tea. You know, like I tell Jackie, you know, everyone deserves a second chance except you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a dark comment. He makes it so often. Every time I'm always like, oh, what yeah. does that even mean? Not What's you. he gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just see him. I picture his silhouette in a doorway, flannel shirt and axe in hand, just like this is it. <laughs> I thought he was joking at first, but then when he sewed it into that pillow and put it on our bed, I wasn't 100 sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I am. I. It's. I am not a sharer. Not in this regard. Anyway, and not no. for me. And that's totally normal. It's not selfish. That's normal. You know, uh, I think most healthy women also wouldn't like the idea of you running around fucking other women. But they want and... to know that you could. They want to know that you could go out and get I, laid if you wanted to, but they don't want you to. I think it reassures them on mm -hmm. their choices in life that they're like, hey, there's still people trying to nail down what I've what I've got here. I'm like, I better not stray too far. <laughs> like, sort of like, when a woman finds a good man, she's. Have you ever seen a raccoon who found like a marble? It's <laughs> always on the watch. You know, like it finds something and it's oh, there could be nothing around for a hundred miles, but it doesn't fucking they're trust you. Those... <laughs> not come up and take they, its beautiful they little just thing. Broke it with those overly, like creepily articulate hands, like fucking Schmeagle, yes. like rubbing the ring. Like, oh, the precious. Yeah, uh, raccoons are cool, man. I really want one as a pet. I mean, oh, I, I no. seriously do. That is yeah, a terrible uh, idea. Oh, it would be. It would do so many cool things. Like you can't lock them up. You gotta like Houdini those things to keep them in a room. Like like they turn the doorknobs. Maybe you and just feed it like an outside cat. I want one that lives inside with me and will like hop on my shoulder. And that's like, where the idea go. transitions from good to bad, though. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> as soon as he comes inside, <laughs> he's gotta be inside. It's my little buddy. Are you talking about just finding a raccoon outside or going oh. to like a raccoon feeder? I'm talking about getting a baby raccoon and raising it maybe, you know, from the time it's weaned and, like, keeping it with me always, like, in a pocket. You know how much pussy you could get if you're somewhere and you pull out a baby raccoon out of your pocket? None. 
<laughs> no I, pussy. I mean, you, I mean no like, pussy. you know, I'll be with her while she's getting her rabies shots, and it's a it's like twenty shots or something. Oh, so yeah. like, that's a lot of time for me to be, Dude, be spending with. I have no. a rabies shot story. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't think this is a big secret. A guy that I go paramotoring with, he hasn't been on camera yet, but you guys will recognize him eventually uh, if you watch my vlogs by his gigantic beard. So, uh, he's, uh, he lives in a really, he get, he's affluent, right? He does well for himself. He works in IT, etc. But somehow he got a hole in his roof. And um, through the hole in the roof, like maybe a squirrel opened it or something, bats came in. Ooh, bats in the belfry. Dude, this, I had no idea this was such a big problem. So um, he has four children, I should mention. And uh, there's bats up there. And then he calls like to get like the bats exterminated or removed or something. And uh, the so first cool. guy was like, I can't do it. Like these things are um, protected. So, you know, the, the, oh, yeah, like, these I things are protected. Job. We can't get these guys out of there. You know, you're out of luck. He calls the second one. And this is funny to me. He said the same thing. Like, dude, I would lose my license. I can't get rid of these bats for me. But if I were to remove bats and then in excruciating detail, he gives step-by-step -step instructions on how to remove bats. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it turns out that. Can I, I guess how you remove bats? I don't. I forget it, it, the details. Oh, okay. Never. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, um, uh, somewhere along the, they told him that like he needs to call like the health agency or something because this is a real rabies risk. They need to get the bats tested for rabies. And I guess he caught Fuck or killed one or something. That. Dude, hang on. So they test the bat that he did manage to get, and it doesn't have rabies. But because rabies is is apparently very common in bats, is outside my yeah, area of expertise, and um. He has to get the entire family vaccinated. Circling back, he has four children. The bottom line on this thing, oh, and by the way, health insurance isn't covering this. So he has to come up with $18,000 for his no. rabies vaccinations. And no. he can't get rid of the bats until like this fall. So what they've done is they've just None sealed of off the attic from the house so that the bats, well, now they own the attic. And by the way, all the things in the attic, they're supposed to like not keep those. Like, you know, uh, all, like any mementos no. or whatever. Yeah, I don't like, no. Yeah. So it, it's just is not what would happen to me. I, I hear you and I'm almost going to wrap up. I just like something awful happened to him that seems like it could happen to anyone who plays by the rules, that is. That, yeah, uh, fuck that shit. Yeah. I, I, he's out 18 grand, the contents of his attic and his attic for like months. How would you handle this? So when the guy told me they were protected, I'd be like, okay, don't worry about it. And then I would know that I have to take matters into my own hands and that I can't tell anybody about what I'm about to do because there's no way I'm going a step further and allowing like some sort of government regulation on bats that have invaded my fucking home on my private property. That's not going to happen. We're going to gas those bats with fucking poisonous gas, and we're going to gas them the next day and the day after that and the day after that. I'm going to go up there with a fucking biohazard suit. You can buy those those suits, not literally biohazard, but a full-on suit with a right. respirator and everything. And and I'm going to start shoveling dead rat, um, um, bats, bats and guano because I'm sure his attic is full of that fucking so he, he investigated guano. And, and, options And, and that like makes that. you really sick. Apparently, you have to, like, remove all the bat nests or they smell forever. And... 
it's nearly impossible to remove all the bat nests. Now I remember he found one nest, like he found one thing. And uh, the experts were saying like, oh no, there's, there's many more. And what does it look like? I can't even, I don't like, to, because to me, uh, when I picture bats, I picture them just dangling upside right, down from, from a rafter or something. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, apparently there's nests or something where that maybe, maybe the babies live in the nests. I'm making this up. I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, they, they would need to like, oh, like and if you just nest? get rid of the parents, like those are the ones maybe you could catch the babies will just die a very stinky, yeah. terrible death. And Fuck it. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong like pest, but I'm almost positive that because bats are so like in tune with sonar and whatnot, that there's little like electronic devices that you can place around that really upset them and disorient them, and it makes it so that like they they just they can't see where they're going and they they leave. So then you'd have dead babies, which maybe is preferable to what he's got going on. You know, dead babies don't cost you eighteen grand. Once That's you get true. the ba- see the thing is once you've killed the bats there's no more regulation involved now you just need a contractor now you need a guy to tear your roof apart and go in there and dig like once the bats are dead then you don't need then you, then nobody has to kill them there are no laws to break you can just say oh there must have been a gas leak upstairs couldn't get up there because you know infested with bats this bat was shot six times <laughs> <laughs> looks like you stabbed this one with a bayonet <laughs> this one's been beheaded I and it's just... on a pike right that's what you need to do you behead it and then you put it on like a, a barbecue skewer right outside where they get in as a warning to others <laughs> so they know like oh jesus ted oh, i'm yeah. not gonna end up like him and they cause of away. death a fucking CSGO knife? <laughs> it's yeah. still in there? <laughs> yeah. That's not no, mine. I, I bet you could get some of those bug bombs, you know, the kind you, like, mm-hmm. pop and leave in your home over, you know, a, and I bet a, a couple handfuls of those. A couple handfuls of those are my answer to almost any home infestation. Anytime I've got anything going on, I'm like, we're going to leave the house for the day. Because it's fun to do because it feels like you're, like, popping gas grenades and, like, I like, like I've thrown them up into crawl spaces and ceilings because even if there's nothing... Uh, you know, I don't want little house spiders crawling around. Let's kill them all. Every it should be sterile. Every now and then, literally just for the fun of it, I get this broad spectrum pesticide that you plug a water hose into and just kill the entire yard. There'll be a, like a, <laughs> it's like Judgment Day for crickets. They're all running away from the spread of the you know the poison, and they'll get onto the asphalt <laughs> and like they're all going for help. I'm just, no. No, there's nowhere to hide from. I'm just soaking them all down. I love it. Kill we had everything. an infestation when I was a kid. I was like 17 or something. Maybe maybe I was in college, so call me 19. And uh, my dog had died. And towards the end of her death, she was attacked by fleas. And she didn't have the mobility to like deal with it. And I'm not a vet, but like the, we were, they explained to us that like the fleas almost sensed that this was like a dying dog and, and attacked her in a way that, that normal dogs don't get. And we tried giving her like bath baths and the flea collar and stuff like that. And it, she was just too susceptible to it. Anyway, she died and we still had these fleas and it was bad. Like, like if you would have put your like head down by the carpet, you'd see them jumping oh, around yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Like it, we had an infestation issue. And, um, I've had that too. I have you. I, see, I thought oh, yeah. it was like just us. Um, and my parents, like, in hindsight, I feel like they should have really been on top of that uh, instead of leaving it to the kids. But my it's wife, oh. like, like, in my, like, me, like, this is the filth that I live in. My, it was Jackie. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, we're going to bug bomb this thing. We're going to kill all these fleas. 
And uh, sure enough, like we just, we, I don't know, we read the labels and saw how hard they spread. We used two or three of them. And uh, we came back and my parents were like, oh, I, like, well done. Congratulations. Like, thank you for solving the flea problem. And that was all it took. So one yeah. of, uh, Regarding one of the pest stories, uh, I don't remember if I've told this, but so one of my, or a lot of my friends were in fraternities in college. And one of them was a much shittier frat house than the rest just garbage and the way my buddy tells the story is this is years ago he was laying on his top bunk in a shitty room in the fraternity and there was a hole directly above his head up into the the ceiling like the the roof area the attic and the hole was there because someone got hammered and wanted to punch a hole up in the the roof and then they ended up just picking at it and tearing you know how it goes as you do and he was saying how you know, he was laying there one night, and he was always hearing scratching and little like, tee, 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 like little little scratching and running around in the ceiling. And he was always like, "What the hell is that?" And he woke up one day, and he saw a raccoon head <laughs> looking down at him. And he said he he opened his eyes, and as soon as he opened his eyes, he just went boom, right back up into the ceiling. And so he and a bunch of my friends <laughs> grabbed brooms and bats and everything they could. Just a lot of them clearly hammered, and they. <laughs> got up into the, the roof, made the hole bigger so that they could climb up in there and look around. And obviously the raccoon isn't an idiot, so it doesn't just have one escape route. It can get through a bunch of different places. And it crawled down as they were all looking in the roof, and they walked back out into the hallway thinking they'd lost it. And this fucking raccoon was sitting in the hallway waiting for him. And as soon as he saw him, it just goes, <laughs> and charged at a buddy of mine who had to hit it with uh, the the thin part of a broom to just like disorient it and then as it was disoriented someone like grabbed it with like a, a pizza box or something kind of like that <laughs> to keep it out of control. and then they went and just threw it from the second story outside hoping that it would either die or run away and so for the next like and they didn't want to bring it up because basically the way fraternity houses work is they're supposed to get renovated every x amount of years but they never do and so it's every, the joke is anytime you're applying to college, you know, if you're out there going to go to college, every fraternity that you speak to about rushing is going to go, oh, yeah, dude, dude, we got a new house on the way. It's going to be up in two years. Like, no, they're all horseshit garbage. And so they didn't admit to anyone that they found raccoons in the house so that nobody could come in and tear it down. And so they just had to live with a, a couple more raccoons, I guess, because they, they kept coming. <laughs> but, um, yeah, those things are, are fucked up. I would not want to be around If Kyle that. was in that frat, he would have befriended the raccoon and made him a little oh, buddy. That would have been a bandit. <laughs> Our <laughs> mascot. Yeah, I would love to have a pet raccoon. I, they're, they're incredibly intelligent. Those dexterous hands really interest me. Like, I like the idea of training one to do something cool. Like, like all those fingers. And I, I really love that video where they give a raccoon uh, cotton candy. And and he uh, raccoons wash their food before they eat it. So he takes the handful of cotton candy and puts it in the water to wash it. And then he's like, oh shit! As it <laughs> it disappears, of course it's cotton candy. And he's just like, oh oh no no, where did it? Because he's tasted it. You know, it's pure sugar. It's literal pure sugar. And he's just like, where is it gone? He's so sad. And then like if you watch the full video, then they get him some more cotton candy, and he's happy again. But like. That that's just such a heartbreaking moment when he tries to wash his cotton candy and it just vaporizes. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> Taylor, you saw Suicide Squad. Yes, I did. Um, you guys haven't seen it yet, so I won't spoil anything. But um, I, I really didn't enjoy it that much. And part of it may be because I have a bias against superhero movies, not because I think they're like just shitty or stupid. I just don't like them as much. 
Um, but I also thought it was better than I, it was better than what I thought it would be because after looking at all the reviews and how overwhelmingly horrible they were, I was really going into it thinking like this is going to be hot garbage, and it was it wasn't good, but it was not fucking 20% on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever they said it was. I um, read um, that it was... And, and so Hope and her boyfriend went to see it this weekend and the guy's like, it's dark. And by dark, I don't necessarily just mean like, you know, like dark comedy or like, you know, tough... He's like, no, it's dark. Like half the film takes place in the dark. There are scenes that see. really <laughs> need more lighting than <laughs> Suicide Squad. Like they just... Oh my God, I saw it in 3D and I wore <laughs> my glasses there and I... I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking like, hey, it's 2016. Maybe that you can just watch and it'll be in 3D now. I wasn't really thinking. And I had to watch the entire movie with 3D glasses kind of like cockeyed placed over my own glasses. So I was getting my very own J.J. Abrams like organic <laughs> lens all over the goddamn place, the whole movie. And that was upsetting. But uh, yeah, it is really dark. Like Woody said, hard to see. Mm-hmm. Um, not like, oh my god, how how creepy. Because um, Melissa disagrees about the Joker, and she was like, well, he has to be different because he's in a different world than where the Christian Bale series Joker was, and that makes sense. But I also don't think that any Joker in any reality would try so hard to come off as fucked up. Like, part of what was good with Heath Ledger was like, he didn't seem like he was trying to be fucked up. He just seemed like a crazy guy who that's just the way he was. And he was always licking his fucking mouth and like doing his, his whatever. And it was like, oh man, this guy's deranged. Jared Leto, Leto, he, it's like someone told him 20 minutes ago, you're not the Joker. And now he's like, oh yeah, I'm the fucking Joker. I'm doing little pieces for everybody's Joker. And it's, he has ha 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 tattooed on his chest. Not a very macabre, dark thing. Kind of just stupid. Something that maybe the Joker did when he was 15 and later Beats regretted. LOL. It. Yeah, it was. That would be funnier. <laughs> yeah. it, it just wasn't that good um, at all, for the most part. I never felt like anything was at stake, and they did not explain Killer Croc enough to make any sense as to why he was there. And he also was needlessly difficult to understand. Ten times as hard to understand as Bane. Like, hmm. way harder to... Un- you could... I defy you to watch that movie and tell me one thing Killer Croc says. <laughs> All the- uh, what's up with this guy? And he'll be like, Hey, man, I didn't even know, I don't even know about it, man. I didn't what? get that. <laughs> is Croc black? Like, and why is he... Why are you making him sound so, like, like a rapper or hood or something? Like, I thought he was just a, a crocodile man who lived in the sewer. Why would he speak... Like, like it? You expect that, your crocodiles to enunciate better? I expect him to be understandable, even if it was like really difficult to understand. Like, I mean, because he is an alligator or a crocodile. The the Joker only has like twelve minutes of screen time. I read. Yeah, it. He wasn't a huge part, and the entire thing he's doing is. uh, This is actually in the trailer, so it's really not giving anything away. He's always he's trying to rescue Harley Quinn the whole time. which was another thing that confused me, and I talked about it on Truly Terrible, but I'll be brief, that they really went through like the little vignette of everyone in the beginning where they're like, oh, this is Will Smith. You know, he's dead shot, and that shows him like doing his fucking thing of, you know, that's what he is, and they have the little intro vignettes. They get to Killer Croc, there's nothing, nothing. <laughs> oh, this guy, he's really strong, and he lives in the sewer. Oh, good, <laughs> yeah, that's all I wanted to know about the most okay, interesting next. Character. 
Yeah. Huh. And then uh, Harley Quinn, they didn't do a very good job in the beginning half of the movie showing why she was valuable to the team because it was like, this guy can summon fire, this guy can shoot a dime out of a fucking gnat's ass from six miles away, this guy can do X, Y, Z, this guy can do that, and this girl is a huge liability, and she runs around causing problems to our plan. And so it was like, it, it, I don't know, it, there, there, it, it was not a well-made movie. The more I think about it, the more I realize this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Well, so so it shouldn't make much sense because it's a movie about you know getting super criminals together to go fight some greater evil. It makes more sense to get your your superheroes to go handle that, honestly. But but I'm okay with that premise. I can suspend my disbelief. What's important is that it's executed well and in a believable and entertaining fashion. And I watched I think what he did too, um, the YMS review, and I, I, he made a lot of he had a lot of strong points. I haven't seen the movie. But, you know, he's showing examples of his criticisms that, that, that you can see in the trailers and wherever else he gets his footage. And just little visual issues like it being too dark. It really was hard. It was just, they were just in a room. It was daytime. They were outside talking. And it was like, fuck, it looks like the sun's about to set or something. Like, like Yeah, yeah, it, it, it didn't look yeah. right. And, and, the and whole it's, last scene where, like, the, the climax of the movie... I was sitting there just like, can this just please end? Like, I, I, I don't care anymore, and I can't see anything because I'm looking half normal, half 3D <laughs> out of my fucking glasses, and I don't know what's happening. The corners of every bit on the screen is glaring up. And yeah, maybe it was part of the experience, too, of watching it like that, but it just... Yeah, that had to suck. It could have been, if it was rated R, and they added another 20 minutes to the movie to make it so you could get more backstory and maybe replace some of the stupid shit. They could have been a good movie. The concept is there. It's really neat. That's a cool concept. It's just the execution was bad. I didn't like that Will Smith was in. I, and I did you, um did you see that Tom Hardy, you know, Tom Hardy pulled out of that. There's a guy, one of the Suicide Squad guys, um I they referred to him as Discount Tom Hardy, which I thought was pretty funny. And it's like, wow, they didn't even bother to I don't know, get somebody else who was going to do it a different way or anything. It, it literally is like a, a Tom Hardy impersonator or something. Not literally, but it looks like a Tom Hardy impersonator doing that character. It, you're right. It really is an interesting premise, and it's a, it's a, it seems like you could have a lot of fun playing around with that. Oh, um, one thing why... about the movie to tack on, that it's not a spoiler because it has no consequence. So they did the whole intro to everyone, all the whole team, and then right at the very end, some other guy shows up some Native American guy shows up and they just go, what's he do? And they just go, oh, that's Skylord or whatever the hell his name is. He can climb anything. <laughs> he can climb anything. His name was Bran that Stark. Is, that is the most useless, stupid ability. I, I can't imagine bringing someone with me anywhere because they can climb anything for any reason. Hey, I'm going to Home Depot. Going to have to get some stuff from way high up. Hey, you want me to come with you? No, they have employees and a machine for that. <laughs> no, I don't want to see you rappel up there and grab my you know specialty screws and then you know rappel back down. And then, like maybe 15 minutes later, um, something bad happens to the guy, and then it is never addressed. So there you go. Be on the lookout for Mr. Climber, who... Oh. Is, I, is useless. I, oh, you know what I watched today? The, like, extended super director's cut of Watchmen. Have you guys seen that? No. 
Yeah. Dude, I love the movie Watchmen. I thought it was great. I thought I had seen like the director's cut. This thing was like threatening four hours long. It's real long. It was there's I didn't realize hours? there's a whole nother like comic book within the comic book to be Kyle, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's an animated section of Watchmen in Watchmen. I, I it, like there's a, a gang that like I was previously not in the film. I don't know. There was so much. That's the only way I've ever seen it. Ah, uh, it's long. It's maybe too long. I like I, long stuff. Like whenever I, I see something's four hours, I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this. Then I'll be one of those people who's seen this four hour movie. I knew I know there was a film at, at the Cannes Film Festival last year that was like. Something outrageous, like dozens, dozens of hours <laughs> long, like just to be some. I, I don't even remember what just the fucking point. They're just being silly yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, just being yeah. an asshole. Um, you know, like that, that's just absurd. But but like whenever I see something's three, four, five hours long, if it's a mini series like Lonesome Dove, um, I'm always really yeah. into that. We got last place at Cannes Film Festival, but broke a Guinness World Record. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Congratulations, you suck. Yeah, nobody's gonna watch that shit. But yeah, yeah. What, what was it? Twenty-four hours of like just like people. It was one of those like art films where it's like twenty-four hours of, of me trying to. Take it was shit. more than that. It was dozens. It was like like it was like they filmed like for two weeks without turning the camera off. Like th- these people living every minute of their lives or something like that. I don't remember the exact premise, but it was basically. Do you think that, that people like that consciously think? in the middle of making a movie, like, fuck, this is way harder than I thought, and I don't have the skill or talent or resources to pull this off, so I'm going to go in a completely other direction that no one else has taken under the auspice of being artistic, when really it's because it's a useless derivation to take away from the true thing that people would like to watch. I or don't do you remember think they're really what the... so up their own ass that they think people will like that? I don't remember what it was. It, it, they were discussing it on the radio, and I, it's been like a year ago when I was hearing about, how, about this crazy long film. But yeah, any anytime something long is long, I'm into it. And the Watchmen that I knew that when I whenever I watched that, it was about two years ago or something, maybe. Like that was the first time I watched that movie. And uh, you know, I, before I watched it, I, I got on the got online and I, I was like, "What is the Watchmen? Let me like research this because I don't fucking know. I shouldn't go into some alternate comic book universe without some basic knowledge of who Batman, Superman, and the Riddler are, or I'm gonna be kind of lost." So I did that first, and I really enjoyed it. It's it's dark. It meanders. Um, there's lots of flashbacks. It's hard to like most of the characters because they're all either brooding or such an anti-hero that they're basically just an asshole who goes around killing. I got, well, I punch people to death. That's what I do to save the world. It's like, well, you're not much of a superhero. Like, even yeah, the, you're the, just being mean dude, to people like, on the street. They all have like Batman-level superpowers. Not all of them. Some of them are, ha- are much bigger than that. Doctor Manhattan is maybe the most powerful superhero in all of the any superhero universe type guy but he, i mean even owl man or whatever his name is is it owl man uh, man owl or night Hawk, night owl or whatever so like man. i mean he it, it seems like when he throws a punch like it's it's above a batman level it's it's yeah maybe, he, maybe a better batman like remember like, that one scene where him and the the terrible actress with the really tight costume uh-huh. like level a whole prison block with their yep, bare yep. hands yeah mm-hmm. and it never even gets close to competitive no. like, it, it, it's it's like you want to make a montage clip, baby? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go. Dude, before they're, that, no, 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 no. So they're like they, snapping on. What arms. happens is they're in like a bad alley type thing or whatever, and he's like, this is a bad neighborhood. And she goes, yeah, well, I'm in a bad mood. And, and they just like walk themselves into trouble. A whole gang of people attack them, 
And uh, and like Kyle said in that scene too, it was never close. There was never a situation where like you know she's down and he pulls the guy off her and or vice versa. No, no, no. Yeah. They're it's just a resounding win. Yeah, it they just... sweep that series. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not a mark on the superheroes. And then later they're, they're like, you know, I think we should break Rorschach out of prison. I think his name Rorschach. 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 And uh, she's like, that'll be like you know more dangerous than the alley he's like and she's like that'll be more fun and and sure enough yeah they just go and like they it in crash his owl ship into the prison and like just jump into the prison block and it's good i like that yeah, movie it's, it's, it's dark though you know in a batman movie you know where this is going what what's going to be beginning middle and end you kind of know the the broad strokes of what's coming and this, it's really dark mm. there at the end, and there's not a lot of redemption for these characters. And, you know, there's the whole flashbacks of rape and all that crazy shit. And then just, like, the comedian's flashbacks and, like, the yeah. things he did the war. Like Most good guys, really superheroes, dark. not rapists. Yeah, most not. They don't shoot their pregnant, uh, like, baby mamas, you know, mm-hmm. with a, the 1911. You Is know, this they don't a do that. Marvel or DC? I don't think it's so. Like, what world are they like, living next to them. Batman, or like, are they living next? I don't know. The... If I remember correctly, it's an alternate universe, so it's kind of set apart from any of that bullshit. They're they're on their own little play, play, They're on their own little universe onto themselves. But it might be. I don't know who makes it. So but it's I know definitely it's... made by DC. I'm trying to quickly look now and see if like it's in the same universe or if DC has another one. I know that Marvel has several universes well in scanning i don't quickly see it but uh i will say i if i'm not a comic book expert i think that the characters in the comic book somewhere like dr manhattan and stuff um exist with the other dc characters but that in watchman the movie there's no reverend references to anybody else dc I think it's a different universe. They don't. They just don't mesh because the timelines are different. Yeah, here it is. I know. Th- I know what it is. Go on. The difference is that because of the the, the, the superheroes. So the if, remember in the Watchmen, the thing is that like people just started becoming superheroes in like the 30s or something, and then there's different iterations through the generations. But then the difference in timeline, um, among other things, is that fucking Doctor Manhattan and the comedian go and win Vietnam for us. That was the difference. So, the, so it's a whole different universe, whole different alternate timeline where we win Vietnam, uh, you know, at the back of Dr. Manhattan wearing that big, like, armored mm-hmm. thong. Yeah, he should have just taken it off. Like, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, 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 feel like I feel like those gooks see him coming with literally 30 feet of cock. They're going to give up on Especially an right? Asian guy, right? They'll be exactly. extra intimidated by that. I think he was taking the high road of you know I'm gonna defeat you, but I'm not gonna literally drag my cock through your lands. What if he like came out and pissed fire on them or something like like he? I feel like the, he he made himself so enormous that a stream of just piss from that thing would kill a man. That's what he should have been doing, but but he had like rays coming out of his hands if I remember correctly, just like making making them explode, if I remember correctly, into, like, balls of gore. It yeah, was really great. that scene, I remember, because it was just, like, the montage in the beginning, if I recall mm-hmm. correctly, where it's, like, the comedian and Man- Dr. Manhattan, like, pairing up. But it's the kind of pairing up that if, like, I don't know, me and Brock Lesnar teamed up to beat up <laughs> Joe Lozon, it'd be like, I'm like, yeah, we got him, Brock. <laughs> like, no, it, like, that's the level of help that I feel, like, the comedian was bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dr. Man, like, he, he should have given them a little more time to surrender because he was beaten the fuck 
out of those Vietnamese people with his with his ray hand the the just kind of like wave of god they just he's explode. the kind of guy who i'm glad that his character's a little fucked up because then it makes it where he's a kind of a liability where it's like you know this guy's great as long as he's on our side but fuck if he ever decides not to be on our side we're in deep shit right whereas i don't feel like that with superman or any traditional superheroes where it's like i know that they're going to end up coming around and it's going to be fine and they're too powerful for anything to be truly threatening it's like the wonder woman superman problem i have they're too powerful for anything they're in to be remotely threatening like you know they're going to be fine i mean he he dies in one of the comics i mean he comes he back, back to life now? oh yeah oh, he comes okay. back to life but you so know. was everything fine <laughs> well, you know, after a little while, after I love he came Taylor's back concern. And, after he came back and beat his replacement, and you know, you know, he oh, just came back. Oof, thank goodness for, for that. Yeah. Thank God. Um, oh, no. I, I, I thought got... he finally went off the rails. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember all those times Spider-Man fell to his death. Like, like that's come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. see, I, I I get too critical on superhero movies. That's my problem. I have uh, one last topic, maybe for the show. Sure. On Sunday night, I was eating dinner, and I chipped both of my front teeth it was can we see them fucking awful not really because i had it fixed today oh. but um it, it like i tweeted about it because this picture's out there in existence i'll put it in my vlogs but dude like the the damage to the profile of the bottom of the tooth was really minimal like half a centimeter and then up the front of the tooth it like flipped off almost so there was like oh. three or four millimeters like up, that. up the tooth you've had that yeah. for me like, my wife is laughing at me. Like, this is not a major dental emergency. By the way, both teeth had chips in it, both front teeth. I'm like, you know, like, are people seeing anything else but this half millimeter change to my tooth profile? Yeah, of course, no one can see it. I'm licking it so much, my tongue is, like, getting hurt. Um, and I just, like, it, it hurt yesterday and the day before. Like, not a lot. I wasn't in, like, great pain. But it was some pain, and I... <laughs> To say yeah, air two, hurt it, yeah, the two front like the, ones. Uh-huh. They're, you're, like, you know, all I want for Christmas teeth. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, like, when I breathed in, I was aware of air passing across them in a way that I'm normally not. Like, it wasn't painful. It was just like, like yeah, that's a whole... Uncomfortable. It's disconcerting. Because you're <laughs> like, oh, that's not the way breathing usually feels. Everything, like, you... you forget how hyper aware you are of the location of all your teeth you know whatever you got going on in there is exactly what you have and what you expect and if you were to just chip a centimeter off any of those little spikes in your molars that would be the, the end of days like you'd just be so yeah. hyper and that's where i was for the last few days i was never so happy to be at the dentist office and and my dent like i sat there they were so competent like there wasn't anything about this tiny little chip that had them worried they were going to make things right again. Like, no, it was just, they were, there's like for them, I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Like if you gave me a 10 minute video and asked me to cut it in two parts, I'd be like, yeah, that's not hard. This is something I do every day. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's not even a thinking man's task for me. That's where they were on fixing this little chip tooth. They just knocked it out of the ballpark. It's good as new. I will say like, it, they say it'll get perfectly smooth, but they're like, oh, that's just the bonding agent. It feels like not tooth texture to me right now. It just needs to smooth out a touch and get get properly tooth slimy. But um, and I've had that before. I've never had it go up the front of my tooth, but mm -hmm. I've had it to where like a tooth looks perfectly fine 
from the front, but there's just a huge like chunk on of the back of the tooth gone. And so it's uh, it's just like one of my teeth is a little bit like that right now because I just haven't gone back and got it fixed again because I've had it fixed like three times and every time they fix it like at at most at most 90 days later I bite into uh, a stale cookie and it like comes off but um yeah it sucks that's not what I want to hear I want to hear like thinking I was like Woody's get Woody's this is getting in Woody's head right now. it is it is because if you had said like you know, three months later, I open packaging with my teeth or something. It's like, well, I can avoid that behavior. Um, you know, <laughs> like, I, I just keep a multi-tool in my pocket or something. And, and I, that, But no, just, oh, like regular food that normal people eat causes trouble? That's not yeah, good. Yeah, that caused trouble for me. Um, oh, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say about it. Never mind. Chips off, yeah. haven't fixed it yet. Um, Chips off, haven't fixed it yet. It It gets like a... It's almost like like if your tooth is like really like if this is the girthiness of your tooth coming down, uh-huh. it suddenly feels like it's just at a point instead. And so like with my tongue, like I can feel and like my left tooth that's fine, normal. And then if I move over to the right one, it's almost it's like a blade. Edge. It's like yeah. sharp, and I hate that. But uh, yeah, I, I fucking hate going to the dentist. So I'm just gonna put it off until it chips really bad, and then I'll just get it replaced. Did, I guess. Did it hurt when they fixed yours? No. Yeah, me neither. I was really happy. Like it. So, um, the fix is they, they have that high pitched dentist drill thing. But I, if I am right on this, he was using like the edge of a drill almost, and he just. He, I think he called it micro braiding it or something, so that it would hear a little better. And he just like all over to to make it like a little rougher. Pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little rougher. And then um, he puts this. Like, I didn't they, like it. They color match the. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle uncomfortable. <laughs> they color match the putty. Stuck that on there, and then like shined a light on it. It turned it hard, and they they sand it to uh, they sand and polish it, and then it's I, uh, fixed. I remembered what I was gonna say to comfort you because it was gonna comfort you, so you're not stressed out. So mm. I don't know how your bite is. Do you? So like your top and bottom teeth, when you bite down, do they overlap the way they're supposed to like yeah. that? Uh huh. So my teeth. I, I had braces, and when you get your braces off, your teeth can, are, like, free-floating, the doctor called it, where they're more, like, malleable, and they can be moved around. And so when I got my braces off, he's like, you need to not put any pressure on your teeth. You need to be wearing this retainer all the time, or you will mess up all the, the process we've made with your teeth. And I was like, that's that's wonderful and all, but I've got a hockey tournament in Chicago for the next five days, and so I'm going to gonna be wearing my mouth guard, and so that's going to happen. And you bite down, and you're going to... And he's like, all right, we'll just try and be conscious of that. In, like... Over the course of a week, my bite got fucked up again and just was ruined. And so now my teeth, like, they line up like this. Oh, really? So, like, if I, like, I have to, like, chew, like, with my chin out a little bit more because my teeth don't line up correctly. (laughs) Like Carl, yeah. I pretty (laughs) much have to do that. My teeth don't line up correctly, and I think that lends me to breaking more and chipping more. But if you've got a fine bite, then you'll be fine. Yeah, he did yeah. a really good. He had um, he put what I'm going to describe as like carbon paper. You know, the old school carbon paper for writing duplicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then underneath it, it like writes it too. Um, he had something I'm going to call in the carbon paper family. He'd have me bite down, and then he'd remove where the marks were. Like he could tell where it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, he just, it, it was. I don't know if all dentists have the same uh, teeth fixing power. You'd think that perhaps that'd be come in handy, but uh, he just. 
Yeah, he just fucking Can you work on it. teeth here? <laughs> I was just thinking about an orthodontist story. No, no, oh. mostly plumbing here. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, you ever have to get, like, that pink putty put in your mouth? I had it today. They, like, jam it up. So the first time I went to the orthodontist, and I was maybe, like, 15 to get my braces, uh, I got in, and they gave me, like, that big glob of pink shit that they then force into your mouth and push it up, mm -hmm. and... I have a horrible gag reflex. Like, if I try and brush my tongue too far back when I'm brushing my teeth, I'll just go like, <laughs> like, just like, it's horrible. And so I'm sitting there in the, the, the orthodontist's office with this pink shit pouring out of my mouth, and I was just going, <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor's like, don't you throw up. Don't you throw up. <laughs> don't you throw up. Don't you throw up. We'll have to do it again. Don't you throw up. And I just sat there, and then, and then not even like a triumphant, like, hammered, like, I'm going to get back to drinking. Like, it was just a, a and like, just like a vomit came out, like, dribbled down my chin, and the guy's just like, this is ruined. We have to redo it. And I I was sitting there with like a borderline panic attack because I have a problem with uh with my nose my like I had a couple surgeries on my nose I don't breathe that well through my nose so I have to mouth breathe a lot and so I was sitting there just like trying <gasps> 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 to breathe past this pink paste and having a oh I cannot yeah, believe that vomit that. and die with that pink shit in your mouth oh that's oh. funny that sounds but terrible <laughs> what was I gonna say the pink stuff the shit I had a complimenting story I forgot it. Have you ever had a root canal? No. Nope. It's, it's uh, it's why that drill noise made me flinch a little bit. <laughs> Man, it's it's so uncomfortable. They they put this thing in your mouth that's like a spreader that spreads your mouth open, and uh, I don't even know how it works, but it seemed to like clamp around my tooth so that all they could see when they looked in my mouth was that tooth, and everything else was blue plastic. Of course, this is all shoved into my fucking mouth with my head tilted back. You know, they drill the whole interior of your tooth cavity out, and then they drill it through the root until and like hollow it out, like doing this number into the tooth until all the root is gone. And then they fill that the root cavity up with some sort of polymer that hardens and cap that shit. And it's an ordeal. It took about an hour and forty five minutes, two hours of just laying there and sometimes there was just, all right, now just lay here for a while in pain. But most of the time it was just, and it, it feels like your brain is vibrating from the inside. It wasn't necessarily painful because of all the anesthetic, but it was, you knew that lots of, you knew it should be painful. You knew that what was happening right now should be goddamn excruciating. And that's stressful. A guy. Yeah. You know, that's not supposed to be a part of your body that's exposed. A guy I worked with. So, He's on vacation going to Hawaii, and he goes to his dentist ahead of time, and he's like, you know, this, this kind of hurts. Like, I'm, I'm having pain. I'm going on this trip. Like, should we take care of this in advance? And the dentist was like, ah, I think you'll be fine. Anyway, on the flight there, it, like, full-on crops up as this gigantic, huge toothache. It's just, like, it's driving him to, like, suicide on the flight there. The and altitude. Yeah, apparently altitude has an impact on this and it makes it worse. So then he lands and the whole trip he's in pain. But like he said, the worst part of it was knowing through the whole trip what he had coming. He had a flight from Hawaii to North Carolina in his near future before he could get this thing fixed. And it was just god awful. He could. What I had that once. Like just drink yourself into an oblivion and just hope you sleep until you arrive. That would be horrible. That same, t the tooth that I had the root canal done on, um, I was flying 
where was I going? I don't know, cross country. But I just remember being in so much excruciating pain that like I was ready to start doing something. I was doing, I was like sticking the, like the hard part of my thumb in there and like hitting it as hard as I could. But, you know, not trying to draw attention to myself because I'm on a fucking airline. I don't want to be at, like making big <laughs> movements, but I'm literally hitting it hard to try to jar it and make it feel differently than just the, the, the constant never-ending pain that it is. And I'm asking my buddy, I'm like, do you have a knife? Do you have pliers? Because I'm ready to go in the bathroom and start ripping and tearing. Like if I'd had pliers in that moment, I'm telling you, like we, we've all seen Tom Hanks in that mm. movie, you know, knock, and you think, oh, I don't know if I could do that. When there's something inside of you that like like that's hurting that much, you want it out real bad. And oh, yeah. and it and everything else is a real secondary concern. I was more than happy. if I'd had pliers, I'd have been in there. And I know it might crush the tooth, but I might have just crushed it on purpose. Just fucking anything's better than how it. And felt. then you would have immediately regretted that. My cousin did but, it, and he said after about 20 minutes, if the pain went away. You should have just went up to the toughest looking guy on the flight and been like, hey. I've been noticing you here this whole time, faggot. <laughs> see if he'll punch you into into comfort. Then, uh, uh, on the, he might take me in the bathroom and <laughs> fuck me. Fuck me <laughs> death, you know? Well, like, my tooth still hurts, and I had to like, give him a blowjob. Yeah, I noticed you too. <laughs> You're like, Shit, dude. I, I have a last topic. I, I want to not let it go by. Did you hear Trump's speech today? The Second Amendment thing. No, but no. I, I read um, uh, the, an article so about it's it, It's important I that I quote him real carefully because it's coded. But it was something to this effect. It was like, hey, the next president is going to bring in some Supreme Court justices. And if Hillary brings them in there, you know, Second Amendment guys aren't going to be happy. Because right now it's even. It's four to four. And when we bring in a new guy, uh, Second Amendment, like there's nothing you can do. He goes, well... Second Amendment guys, maybe there's something they can do. And then he just goes on to talk about how, like, man, Scalia shouldn't have died. He died too early. This wasn't supposed to happen. And, uh, like, my, as soon as I heard that, I thought he was talking about, like, a civil war. Like, Second Amendment guys, maybe there's something you can do. My wife interpreted it as, you kill Hillary Clinton. You know, you know snipe Hillary or something like that. Um, I, just by you saying it, my impression was that he was meaning like the NRA is going the to do something. The way you said it, I immediately thought he was suggesting. Come, it was he suggests, or he could be suggesting like, yeah, if you try and take those guns for people, those Second Amendment folks are gonna do yeah. something about it. That's what I. That's that's another interpretation I've heard elsewhere. That like, if when you try to take the guns, the whatever law enforcement officers who try to take them will be shot at. You know that that that's one way to interpret it kyle apparently went straight to the assassination concept i need to hear trump say it though because i heard you say it and that's what i took from you saying uh those things was that it was suggesting that someone shoot her um but um you know i, I he, he's very accurate with that like that's a real as far as the justices and and the gravity of that and it might not just be one justice it, it very well could be two justices those fuckers are old as shit yeah. They're old as shit. Hillary, like, okay. and and it's it's a shame that we got this. Uh, let's see. I haven't pre-watched this, but I, I'm pretty sure this is going to include the quote. The quote. Are you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, play. Hillary wants to abolish, essentially abolish, the Second Amendment. By the way, and if she gets to pick, if she gets to pick her judges, nothing you can do, folks. 
Although the Second Amendment people, maybe there is, I don't know. But, but I'll tell you what, that will be a horrible day if well, if I, my initial reaction Hillary is, is that, that it feels like he right said, he's time. saying that they could defend themselves. That is my initial, like, read from it. But as someone who kind of, you know, thinks about what they say oftentimes when they have the, when, when it's... You know the code, a good right? Idea. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, he's definitely implying something, but I'm not, I, I couldn't say for sure that he's saying shoot Hillary. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's in his head. No, I honestly think saying, what he's saying here's is what I, that I think Second Amendment people undeniably saying, themselves. second, you know, look, if they, if they get that other judge, there's something you can do. There's something Second Amendment people can do. He's undeniably talking about gunfire, right? If he's saying Second yeah. Amendment people, there's something they can do, he's talking about shooting someone. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I interpret it as him, and he—I I can't tell with him honestly. I, I really can't ever tell what he actually means. But my thought would be, he's referring to you know the kind of person who's like, you know, you want my gun? Come and take it. Like that is the kind of person I'm picturing. Because, I mean, a, an NRA guy is not the, the overlap between them and assassins. Like that's not. I, I don't think that they, they're going to... I feel like they distance themselves pretty far from assassins because it would kind of undermine the entirety of what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Um, but then again, this isn't the NRA. This is fucking Trump. But that's what I think. He's saying, you know, if you try and take people's guns, they're going to shoot back. And that's that's kind of the fucking point of the amendment, isn't it? So uh, that if people come point, and try and take your guns, you shoot back? That's the point. The, the point of the amendment to me was always One civil war. Like that was like the big thing. Like when you when your government government, stop- o- government uprisings tyranny, that's what it was. Government uprisings. It- yeah, if they, if the government becomes tyrannical and starts seizing power from the people for it's itself, to overthrow then the, the whole government. point of it was to be like, no, we need to keep the populace armed so that if shit does go down, that they can yeah. defend themselves and yeah. people will have the argument of, oh, you're not going to stack a fucking drone, man. Like, of course not, you jackass. I'm not going to go out there with my 12 gauge and save the world, but. People are certainly going to be more hesitant to come and steal weapons if they know that a huge percentage of people have them and are adamant about that right. I, I, yeah, the Second Amendment's about a few things. One, it's national defense. You've got you can have these organized militias that rise up and 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 defend the nation. Now we have lots of other organizations that do that now. The Coast Guard, namely, and you know National Guard, all those things. But you know that so that's part of it, rising up and defending uh, the country from enemies without and within. You know, it's it's about those tyrannical governments kind of that people can rise up and take them over. I guess so. During World War II, I think one of the things I heard about the Japan, the Japanese not coming to the U.S. is they said there would be a rifle behind every blade of grass. Like they, everybody's heard that. It turned out it's not true. I, I, okay. I wish it were. It's, okay. It sounds so cool, yeah, right? Yeah. It's and it's true. I I think the fact that 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 Japanese uh, general didn't actually say it is irrelevant. <laughs> because it's true in practice. It it is true. I, I think if you tried to attack, if if you tried to make a landing at, at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and then work your way westwardly from there, you're not going to make it to the fucking Mississippi. I guarantee it. You better be coming with oh, mech warriors. You better, with, <laughs> you better come with mech warriors. <laughs> yeah, right. I just yeah, don't stop think by you will. East St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll go roughly, but and and I think that that that's true about a lot of countries. I mean, you saw the French, <clears throat> the French resistance in World War II, and uh, uh, across Europe under under the Nazi regime, there were uprisings and political assassinations and and all kinds of things that that they did to to resist. But you've never seen that happen in a country with more guns than people, and it's not just like there's like ten more guns than people. There's like 
four times as many guns as there are people. It's like every yeah. man, woman, and child can have one in each hand and one in their back pocket. Like, there's enough for all I got of them. my whole neighborhood covered, and I imagine some of them do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some areas are denser than others with that, uh, with their armaments. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah. So, I, you're I think talking that, about the things Second Amendment was for. One of them was for making it hard to invade us. Uh, another one, I, maybe you were headed there, was for if the government stops representing us, you can you know take it over and make a new government, and then I guess personal defense, you know, against home invasion and such. Like those are the things that guns are for. Critters. Oh, critters! Yeah, shucks, how do I Snakes leave that and out? such. Bats. <laughs> Snakes and such. Yeah. That's what uh, on the outlaw Josie Wales. They're trying to take the boy's gun away, and he, he, he's like, "Rat at raffle too." And he's like, "This ain't good for nothing, but this is for shooting squirrels and such." Give it here. They're like disarming them all. Outlaw Josie Wells is one of my favorite westerns. It's a good one. Uh, well, anyway, uh, got Trump, Uncle Leo from Seinfeld in it. Trump is taking a little heat right now for suggesting that Second Amendment people uh, would stand for the Second Amendment. Would shoot for it. <laughs> would shoot for it. I guess yeah, Second Amendment people. Yeah, there's something they could do. Uh, it definitely implies that. I don't know. I'm a little happy. I, I don't have Kyle's gun collection, but I, I'm like, I'm glad I already have my AR-15 and my FN-2000 and a couple of the other AK-47 that might be Look, under. I, I, I was just talking to Matt the other day, the, the explosives guy. I was, I was like, you know, if Hillary does get elected, you know what it means, right? He, he's like, hell yeah, four more years of business is a-booming. <laughs> like, and I'm like, absolutely. You know how much money I will make if Hillary... It, it, it's huge. All Right now, like gun manufacturing... The, the sales will be record-setting, and they already are. Mm -hmm. The advertising money will be record-setting. They'll be pushing guns everywhere. They'll be advertising guns everywhere, and they'll be selling guns everywhere. It'll be a real good time for people who are in the gun industry in any way whatsoever. It's not, but, but I still wish Trump would win so we could just live in peace and collect my, my weapons and without any without any worry I, I you know i've put, a, put together a nice little collection here I, I've, i'm glad that i in particular have like licenses that, that allow me to like you know there's nobody would take what i've got because like i have the same license that the people who make the government's guns have like like i'm it's the I, same thing i don't i don't expect taking guns i don't to either be a problem now they could stop you from getting new ones right they could like the assault weapons ban um or assault rifle ban whatever they called it at the time uh, they just made it so you couldn't get them anymore. But if you had them, you got to keep them. And I would expect something like that would happen again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I and and that's the thing, you know. It's that's one of those reasons why I'm going. You know, it's good that I got twelve AR-15. Some of those might come in handy. I could sell a couple of those. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping the price is going to go up. I'm yeah. sure it will. It's uh, I like seeing how how po politics affects that market. And I think that. That, that like maybe the anti-gun politicians are always out there thinking that maybe they're doing some good or like doing damage against the firearms industry, but they can't if they're intelligent and if they're actually looking at the numbers and they see the sales just explode after a shooting, explode mm. after Obama comes on TV and says, we can't wait another day before we take action against this. And everybody's like, yeah, we can't wait another day. Let's go to the gun store, Dude, honey. Okay. I need 3,000 rounds of ammunition. I need <laughs> three I forget yeah, why you, you were in Apex for something. I, I forget why you were in town. Was it on the way to Joe's fight? I don't recall. But we went out to the gun store. That was when I got my FN2000 and a scope and yeah. stuff. And, and it was a madhouse. There, it was after Sandy Hook, I think. And um, it was after one of them for sure. And there yeah, were people busy. at the gun store 
who weren't even interested in buying guns. He's like, oh, I just knew it'd be a show today, so I came down here to watch everyone buy assault rifles. Like it's that predictable. It's it's yeah, like, I, yeah. The, it's, it's 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 such a moot issue because there's so many of them already out there, and and like I I see. I hate the ignorance, and I hate, I, I hate, like, I saw this police officer the other day, and he was, he was talking to a news reporter, he's like, when we take our vests apart, it says on the inside that it doesn't stop these rifle rounds. It's like, of course it doesn't, you fucking dumbass, doesn't, er, every cop knows that, every fucking cop knows that, you're just, like, pandering to this news reporter, like, we had no idea that there were bullets that could go through these, like, of course <laughs> you did, it's a, it's a bunch of really tough fibers, you think that's gonna stop an AR-15 or a three oh eight? You think it's going to stop a sniper rifle? No. Where they make vests the that do stop those. They make fucking plate carriers that stop yeah. those. But, <clears throat> but you know, then you're lugging around 30, 40 pounds. And you well, can't... It, I think you wear those in situations in which you expect you might get shot. It's not an everyday yeah, SWAT thing. SWAT teams wear them. Yeah, SWAT teams wear them. Um, I'm trying to think. But, yeah, it, I guess SWAT teams. But you're teams, not going to you know... wear it doing traffic stops. That's the thing. Right, right, right. So, all right. PKN episode 204. I'm sorry, 104. Yeah. <laughs> That's Something like that. 